Welcome to the Christ and All podcast, where we discuss topics submitted by you about God, church, life, and how to find Christ in the middle of it all. I'm your host, Taylor Easley, and I am joyfully joined by Pastor Chad Hunsberger. How's it going? All is well. Great. Yeah. We also have a special guest with us today. We do. Mr. Orr Barak. Hello, hello. How are yeah. you doing? I am well. All is here. well. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> close. Should have been more prepared. Yeah, that's oh, all right. Oh, man. Yeah. No, that's well, good. just always hanging out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, today's subject is a little heavy. Yeah. And um, I'm thankful that we are addressing it and, um, yeah, that we have somebody who is so close to the subject. So um, today's question that we are going to talk about is how should Christians respond to the war in Israel? So, Yeah, this, this topic is um, very fresh, right, um, in the sense that over the last month, which I'm going to get or to, for you to share some of that in in just a minute, but it's it's been very um, newsworthy uh, to say the least. Um, it's it's been more common uh, discussion um, in in a variety of ways in regard to America's involvement or not, um, and and all different sorts of things um, when there is a uh, a war in the world at all. Uh, there, there is at least some sort of response that Christians should have, um, and in particular, uh, as you said, it, or has uh, the ability to be uh, closer to this subject because, or um, as we were talking, even how do how do we describe, um, yeah, some of your life and how you came up, and you are a native Israeli, yes. and so. Um, you're a member here at Colonial Heights, a follower of Christ, um, and you and your wife and your children used to live in Israel just even a few years ago, moved here, um, and yeah, serve in our church in a variety of ways. Um, uh, uh, we yeah consider you dear friends, um, but but as we have talked, there has just been a unique, uh, a different kind of awareness to what's been happening, not just from uh, a news source or whatever, um, but because it's your friends, your family that are in harm's way, that are um, hearing sirens uh, to go to bomb shelters and, and those sort of things. So there's a whole different scope of things. But you know, in order for us to know in part how to best respond, there's a lot for us to consider. And so I, I kind of want to pass the question to you somewhat that we could discuss yeah how do Christians respond um, to this war in particular not just all war everywhere but this in particular yeah sure so um, I think first of all maybe it's good for us to to kind of state where we are yeah, today yeah we're uh, recording this in mid-november so just a little bit over a month since this war started on the morning of October 7th. And uh, the events were that Hamas, which is a terrorist organization, but one that is the sovereign governing body over the Gaza Strip, which mm-hmm. is a piece of land about more or less uh, 100 to 150 square miles, um, really at the southwest corner between Israel and Egypt. Uh, Hamas, uh, unprovoked, started an attack on Israel. They fired uh, early morning about 
uh, over a thousand rockets within a span of probably 30 minutes into Israeli territory, Israeli towns, cities, villages, and simultaneously also infiltrated on foot uh, and by air into Israel over uh, estimates, still estimates, over a thousand uh, militants, terrorists going into Israeli homes early in the morning um, and committing brutal, evil atrocities, um, killing over a thousand Israelis. Most vast majority of them are civilians, uh, babies, uh, elderly um, parents, children, families, mm. um, and also kidnapping over 200, taking them into back into the Gaza Strip where the vast majority of them are still there in yeah. captivity. And that's been five, just over five weeks ago. Israel has responded with tremendous force, mm-hmm. uh, trying to reestablish security uh, and also working to uh, get back uh, these 200 and over 200 people that are still being held by Hamas. It's, it's been five weeks of both uh, pretty strong airstrikes and ground maneuvers. And uh, Hamas has not stopped firing uh, even more thousands, probably mm. close to 10,000 uh, 10, rockets into Israel over the last five weeks and also still attempting to infiltrate on foot. Thankfully, those were thwarted. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a war. Yeah. When you talk about over a thousand uh, lives in an Israeli population of nine million uh, in the U.S., that would, if you kind of compare that to yeah. the population of the United States, you're talking about what would be forty-five to fifty thousand people. Right. Right. And imagine a, an event like that where. that throws the country into grief and pain Mm -hmm. and also anger and um, the willingness to do something. And and since then it's, it, it has been a war. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, thousands of families are affected all around Israel because of this. Um, Schools have not been able to function because of sirens going off. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really life has come to a standstill. Uh, because it's you, you really don't want to be anywhere uh, out mm-hmm. of safety, uh, and uh, you have a shelter in your home, but but you want to stay there, and so right. it's it's been it's been heavy, it's been painful, and um, yeah, certainly certainly something that we haven't seen for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, uh, and all of that is why we say we can't turn a blind eye, pretend like it, oh, that's just somewhere else, so, so it, it, you know, it doesn't affect us or whatever. Um, no, when it's this kind of uh, terror, it's this kind of um, significance, um, what we as Christians have a responsibility. One of the things we've talked about, or is one of the, the good, best ways for Christians to respond is to seek knowledge to be able to know truth. Um, and that, in this scenario, takes a lot. So can you help us understand, uh, even in thinking about how this could 
and this could be a whole other podcast just on sure. on this, but <laughs> understand some of the history that goes into uh, a a war like this. This is not a, a just overnight turned you know turned problem or challenge or whatever. So, can you help us understand uh, as as Christians and really as anybody? Why is it good for us to have knowledge? And then what is some of the truth we ought to know? Sure, yeah. And it is a long story, right? The The nation of Israel is unique in the sense that we have history going thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. If we look at uh, the Bible and what happens to the uh, nation of Israel since its inception. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to really maybe focus more on the more recent history of the people of Israel, uh, we we look at the, for a second, we'll look to the, um, the time of the Roman Empire, right? Mm-hmm. After Jesus lived and died and rose again, uh, and uh, there, there was a significant Jewish population in the land of right, Israel, right. over a half million, um, maybe over a million, uh, but the Romans given that what happened with Jesus, seeing that transpire and seeing increased uh, Jewish revolts Mm -hmm. in the years that followed. They came in and destroyed the temple in the year 70 AD Mm -hmm. and then came in about 60 years later and really decimated the the Jewish people. They killed uh, hundreds of thousands. They deported many to other parts of the Mm -hmm. empire. They uh, sold many of them to slavery. Uh, They forbade, for those that stayed in the land of Israel, about 100,000, they forbade them from um, practicing any religious, Mm -hmm. uh, from doing any religious practices, holidays, gathering at synagogues, teaching. Uh, They destroyed the city of Jerusalem and really restricted access mm-hmm. for the Jewish people um, to Jerusalem. Uh, the, the Hebrew language almost went away, and uh, the Romans went so far as to change the name of the province from Judea to Syria-Palestina, which mm-hmm. is really the first time that we that this region yeah. was named uh, Palestina, which became Palestine. It was named right after the maybe the legacy of the Assyrians and the Mm -hmm. Philistines, but at that point they were long gone. It was really a a geographical term. And the, the Jewish population really suffered. I mean, over the years of thousand, a thousand more, 1500 years forward uh, through many empires, the Jewish community and population in the land of Israel never really recovered. And when we get to the late 18th, uh, sorry, 19th century, Mm the 1880s and the 1890s, you're really down to a few thousand Jewish people in the land of Israel. The rest of them are scattered. But then there's a turning point because a lot of them are in Eastern Europe. And in Eastern Europe, there's pretty severe and escalating oppression and persecution against the Jewish Mm -hmm. people. If you ever seen Fiddler on the Roof that talks about that time okay. period in, in Eastern Europe. And there begins to be a migration of Jewish people outside of Eastern Europe. A lot of them go to Western Europe. A lot of them go to the United States. But some of them come back to the land of Israel. And um, we see during that time this concept 
the idea, the movement of what we call Zionism mm -hmm. start around that time. And it's, a, it's really a movement within the Jewish people to find a way to establish a Jewish state, a sovereign state for the Jewish people. And that really gains traction. And so thousands of people begin coming, migrating to the land of Israel, uh, which was then under the Ottoman Empire. Mm -hmm. And they fall in World War I. The British take over the land. Uh, the Ottoman Empire falls. And uh, the, it's now the British that have to mm -hmm. figure out what to do. Uh, they're still in uh, the, the Jews. There are an overwhelming minority. Uh, the vast majority of the population is Arabs and uh, more specifically Muslims. But this migration continues. And as we get into the 20s and 30s with the rise of Nazi Germany, more and more Jews come to Israel. We do know that many stay in Europe mm -hmm. and end up perishing in the Holocaust. But after World War II, really the extent of the Holocaust uh, becomes apparent. And the British are faced with a problem. There's a lot of Jews in the land that have come to Israel over the last maybe 40 years. Uh, but there's also a significant Muslim population who uh, doesn't recognize the Jewish people's right to the land. Right. And the British, they're right after World War II, they're hurting financially, physically. They lost a lot, and they really don't want to figure it out. So they, they make empty promises. They don't follow through, and the land kind of falls into turmoil. Uh, around them, Lebanon... Syria, Jordan, all gained their independence as well in the early to mid-40s. Egypt has already done that in the 20s. And so this just leaves this part of the region that is not really settled. And the British, finally, they, they kind of give up. They go to the UN, which was newly formed, and they say, help us. We don't know what to do. Uh, help us figure it out. The UN forms a special committee on Palestine, and uh, they meet for six months and come out with a plan. There's a, a, it's called the partition plan to divide up the land into two states, one an Arab state for the Arab population and one a Jewish state for the Jewish population. And there you go, two states. The British were very happy. They said, great, great plan. We like it. The UN actually affirms it, the majority vote in the general council. And, uh, but the British say we were given six months and we're out. Or we don't really care what y'all do. Here's the plan of our recommendation. And it could have worked. The Jewish leadership actually agreed to the partition plan. They saw what happened to the Holocaust. They were part of the growing Zionist movement, and they wanted to establish a state. The, the Jewish leadership agreed to follow this plan, and the Arab population and leadership backed by these nations of Jordan and uh, Syria and Lebanon and Iraq, and they said, no, we are not interested. And so really nothing happened for six months. And then on the last day of the British rule, as they were retreating, Israel unilaterally declares independence for a Jewish state of Israel over the whole region, the whole land. And the response is war. Uh, May 15th, of 1948, all these nations declare war on Israel and mm. attack. And uh, there's a, 
there's a fierce battle for a year, and Israel ultimately uh, wins that war. The victory is that it uh, a Jewish state is established. Mm-hmm. Jordan conquers what we know today as the West Bank, and uh, Egypt conquers what we know today as the Gaza Strip. And Israel is faced with, um, uh, with a state, but one that mm-hmm. maybe is a little less than they wanted. The, 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 the Arabs that lived in, these, in what is now Israel had a decision to make. Uh, a lot of them stayed. A lot yeah. of them stayed in Israel. They still live in Israel. They're Arab Muslims, mm-hmm. and they don't identify as Palestinians. They identify as Israelis. Certainly that comes with tension, but sure. they are citizens. Some of them even serve in the military. Um, a large amount of the, the Arab population in 1948 fled, either um, willingly fleeing to <clears throat> Jordan, fleeing to Lebanon, fleeing to Syria, other parts of the world, uh, or they were removed because they were actively fighting against the sovereign. Right, right. And um, and from that point, really, the Palestinian identity was created. It's these Arab uh, Arab people, the population in the land of Israel on that day when Israel declared uh, its sovereignty and they refused to submit to that sovereignty. And so that was the reality for 20 years. And then yeah. in 1967, Israel takes over the West Bank and the Gaza Strip from Jordan and Egypt in the Six-Day War and now has sovereignty over those right. that remain there. And we've been there. We've basically been there since. There has been some diplomatic um progress. There's a peace treaty with Egypt in 1979 and a peace treaty with Jordan in 1994. There's even been multiple, numerous attempts to normalize relations with the Palestinians, actually forming what we now know today as the Palestinian Authority in 1995 with mutual recognition between Israel Mm -hmm. and the Palestinian Authority. But at the end of the day, there's a uh, still a struggle to come to a consensus on um, where where do we settle this for good? Mm-hmm. How do we settle this for good? How do we get everyone on board? And with that comes a lot of factions that um, actively seek the destruction of the nation of the state of Israel mm-hmm. that have never recognized Israel's sovereignty and therefore work to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we saw that tragically uh, on October 7th. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say this one. Thank you for that. Uh, I mean, we were asking for a history lesson. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so many pieces. So, And you would say this, we said this before, there's so many pieces that you, due to time, we're not able to try to uncover things that happened as recently as two, 2007, 2008, 2019, 2000. I mean, like, Recent stuff, there's stuff in between 1948 and 1967. There's stuff uh, before the Ottoman Empire. It's like, yeah, where do you want to start, right? So so in that, thank you for trying to condense some things and helping us see why there would be conflict between uh, West Bank, Gaza Strip, and Nation of Israel, wh- where some of that is. I think that becomes really important. Um, and 
And I think that uh, sometimes there are, or maybe even frequently, there are um, misinterpretations about some of those pieces of the story and how those are shared. And so I, I think it's helpful for us to have that kind of knowledge, right, of, of a, uh, a true history, so to speak, of pieces of that. So I think that becomes really helpful in knowing even our best way to respond as believers. One of the questions that we have received uh, is actually, will there ever be peace between these two? This was a question asked to the podcast. Um, and one of the things that I think was really helpful, or when you and I were discussing that question in particular, is that I want everybody to hear this. Apart from Christ, no, there, there will not be peace. Both, uh, we understand that there may be where that heart of the question comes from, that uh, could there possibly ever be an agreement that these two uh, come to, but both of these groups of people, which they are people, right, sure. um, are not choosing to believe in Jesus as Messiah, as the Christ, who is the peacemaker and the peacekeeper. So without him, the answer to that question is no, right? That's right. Certainly uh, both in Israel among the Jewish people and uh, within Palestinians, there are those who are believers. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, uh, I have dear no brothers question. and sisters Absolutely. Uh, that I am worried about and pray for and love dearly. But certainly as a nation, as two people groups, mm -hmm. we are faced with this, this reality that uh, right now they've, they've both turned away from Christ. And apart from Christ and through Christ, there, there can be no real, true, ultimate mm -hmm. peace. Yeah. And so I think in a response as believers, uh, I said one is to, to seek knowledge and to have an understanding of truth but also to speak peace, to speak of justice and what, right, when you know clear history, when you know clear truths about what is taking place, uh, then our job as believers in all scenarios is to speak justice, is to speak for, in many cases, those scripture tells us to care for the fatherless and the widow and the sojourner and all of those are vulnerable people. Um, in this case, we're looking at a vulnerable people, whether they are fatherless or orphaned or not, uh, or widowed, uh, but in reality, there are those who are vulnerable. And so our, our responsibility is in part to speak justice, to speak out for them, um, to defend them even verbally, right? Um, I would also add this, um, one thing we haven't talked about, but is a heartbreaking part Mm. of these last five weeks is what we're seeing, uh, the, what we're, the, the responses we've been seeing mm -hmm. in the world, um, especially even here in America, mm -hmm. we, we look at college campuses, we look at uh, protests in cities calling for the extermination of Jews, mm -hmm. um, claiming just false false um, claims, false ideas. Uh, and I think when conflicts of this scale escalate 
around the world, it can feel very far from us. Mm-hmm. And we can say, well, I can, I, I guess I pray for all people, but this feels really far away. This is really complicated. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I can even help, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I would want to challenge that yeah. and say there are people here in our community that misinterpret, misunderstand, or intentionally choose to believe uh, falsehoods. Yep. And it is our job, like you stated, as believers to speak justice. We can look for opportunities to speak the truth. Uh, it, and given this history lesson, I think we can agree that it's not quite as easy. Right, right. There is, it's messy. It is a broken mm-hmm. world. Right. These are broken people that made bad decisions and bad choices and have sinned over hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And this is the result. But we can speak truth and say it is not as easy as. Israel doesn't have a claim to the land and they are oppressing the Palestinians. It is also not as easy to say that the Palestinians don't really exist because they didn't, they were never a nation or never a people and they don't have rights either. It's, it's more than that. And at the end of the day, as believers, if we really want to love people, love nations, if we really want to, see a heaven with every nation, tribe, and tongue, Mm -hmm. our calling, our duty is to care for nations. And one of the ways that we care for nations is to know about the nations. Mm -hmm. And when it's a situation like this one, to not just throw our hands up in the air and say, I don't, this is too much. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just I guess I'll the you know, God will figure it out or the people will figure it out and I can just I'm thankful I'm over here. Right. Certainly, I'm thankful that my family is safe. I'm thankful that even my friends in Israel are relatively safe. But it's more than that. It, it is understanding that these are image bearers that are mm-hmm. in pain. These are image bearers that are going through tremendous grief and pain and yeah. suffering um, because of because the world is broken. They need the gospel more than ever, yeah. ju- just as much as we do. And one of the ways we can love them is to care about them, to mm-hmm. know about them, to yeah. ask the questions, to 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 realize when people next to you are misinformed that you can speak truth. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know the story, you can't speak the truth. One of the other ways we talked about, and you've said this beautifully kind of leading up to this, another way to care is to lament together. Mm -hmm. We should be sad. Uh, that there are those, whether they are brothers and sisters in Christ or they are not, they are in opposition to us or to Jews sure. or whatever. We should be lamenting that there is war, that we should be asking God, how long, O Lord? That we should be grieving. There, We should weep with those who weep. And that, that means being sad before the Lord. Um, even if you know if you don't know or, right, and you don't have any other friend who has a friend there uh, or a family member there, 
uh, we can still kind of unite in our grief um, and in, in taking that before the Lord. I think there is something particularly responsive that we have to, um, to display our depth of concern by weeping together. And, and certainly in our knowledge of those in our community even that are directly affected uh, in that way. Yeah, I would also say, I, I agree with all of that. I would also add that for me, for sure, but I would also say this is probably the case for the Jewish friend that you know. Mm-hmm. There isn't a question that is stupid enough or stupid at all mm-hmm. or insensitive enough. When you approach and ask us about this, we feel cared for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we feel like uh, this isn't just our burden to carry, mm-hmm. but we can share in that with our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And I know that it can be overwhelming mm-hmm. and maybe you can be apprehensive about approaching this topic. Mm-hmm. And so I want to take the opportunity to say, reach out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I, hate that this is happening, mm-hmm. but it is important to me that people understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And we see, I think, the result, you know, on, on again, on college campuses, around cities mm-hmm. in America, we see the result of not knowing mm-hmm. and making assumptions or falling into falsehoods because they make the situation seem simpler Mm -hmm. when it's not. The details are important and uh, they, they matter. And, you know, to really pursue justice, to really speak truth, we, we do, we have to know, know about it. Look, I, no more than most, mm-hmm. probably, or yeah. at least around here. But I am by no means an expert. Uh, you can glean the basic facts of history and to, to get a better picture mm-hmm. of what's going on. Yeah. Some of it we'll never really understand. Sure. But such is the world, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we trust that... Um, that God will work it out, and certainly prayers are welcome. And yeah, th- I'm I'm thankful when someone tells me that they've been praying for Israel. I am thankful. Uh, but there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. I mean, like you said, we can go on for for hours. So here's something I'd like to do. I, I you mentioned prayer, and so I do want to think some about that more. But in light of knowledge. Um, I want to recommend another podcast, which we talked about, and you said you liked it as well, so I was glad to know. Uh, but there is another podcast called The the Bulletin, and The Bulletin comes out every Friday. It's by Christianity Today. But they have been doing some special episodes on Tuesdays that are just about the war in Israel. So they've had maybe three different episodes. So uh, you could go look up The Bulletin 
Um, again, it's connected to Christianity Today, and we can link it in the uh, show notes. Um, but but those those have been helpful for me as I've listened to them. Um, are there is there anything else you would recommend? Hey, here's another spot to to hear some of that. Sure, uh, I've been reading. Uh, news sources are tough because yeah. there's no unbiased right, news right. source. But we've really enjoyed the the balance of a source called the Dispatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dispatch.com, I believe, is what the uh, website is, and they offer great insight, mm-hmm. balanced reporting, uh, and it has been really encouraging to see a um, just a it just feels honest. It feels mm-hmm. balanced. It feels not headline clickbait mm-hmm. uh, things to get your blood going just so you would come back for more mm-hmm. type of news. And we've enjoyed um, reading that. They also have uh, a podcast as well. And uh, I would also recommend that. Okay. Okay. Well, and I think so ways that we should be responding, uh, seeking knowledge, speaking justice, uh, sharing in lamentation, um, and then yeah, praying. Uh, I think that you mentioned that as well, and I think that that, that means praying specifically as you hear, as you learn knowledge, praying specifically, praying for people that we know, um, praying for people that our friends know, right? So uh, kind of considering some of that, and then uh, th- there's something to be said for going to the Lord um, with the reality that you don't have all the information and being able to say before God, God, I don't know names. Uh, I don't know people, but I know you know them all. Uh, care for them, protect them, guard them, uh, bring reconciliation, bring a miracle, bring hope. May the gospel go there, praying for them that the the truth of the, the light of the gospel would shine in a dark place. Um, because we do want and look for Revelation 7 when every nation, tribe, and tongue will gather around the throne. And we believe that these who are even now in conflict, by God's grace, will one day, some of them, will one day be gathered around the throne, and we long for that day of reconciliation. So, yeah, thank you so much, Orr, for being here, for giving us uh, some of these insights. And uh, we want to be one who, who lifts you up, uh, laments with you, and at the same time rejoices with you as as points along the way uh, point us closer to Christ. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad to have this opportunity to be on. Good. Thank you, Orr. Really, that was uh, extremely helpful uh, to me, and sorry. Um, that wraps up this episode of the Christ and All podcast. You can catch a new episode each Wednesday. If you enjoyed this episode, do us a favor and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or post it on whatever social media you have, as this helps us get in front of other people. If you want to submit a question for us to discuss, you can send it to info at colonialheights.org. We can't wait to hear from you, and thank you for listening.